Hey everybody, welcome back to the Insight Nutrition Podcast. My name is Joe. I am the founder, head coach of Insight Nutrition. And today we are going to be going over frequently asked nutrition and exercise questions. I have a, uh, a PDF of these, but I figure not everyone likes to read. Some people just like to listen to this or listen to podcasts. So why not cover all the bases, right? And go over some questions that maybe you have that you're wondering about in terms of nutrition or fitness. But before we get to that, a couple of announcements. Number one, if you have not seen the new Insight Nutrition sweatshirt, the hoodie that is going to be our winter apparel, uh, and you want one, please click the link in the show notes. You can get a, a look at the sweatshirt and you can put your order in if you want it. I'm going to be ordering these the sweatshirts tomorrow. So today is the last day to pre-order your sweatshirt. I'm not going to be having any extras. So if you want one, please click that link in the show notes. It will take you to the um, the order sheet and you just fill out your information and you should be good to go from there. Number two, uh, this Saturday, October 30th, Yoga Okaboji is going to be hosting uh, Insight Nutrition for a nutrition seminar. So I will be there from 9 to 10.30 talking about nutrition, uh, meeting with you know, the people there at, at, at Yoga Okaboji or sorry, Okaboji Yoga and uh, yeah, just discussing all things nutrition, talking about what Insight Nutrition is all about, what our coaching program looks like and all that good stuff. And then there will be another one uh, at F45 in Arnold's Park. That is going to be on November 6th at 10 a.m. as well. So if you're in the area, you want to check it out, uh, want to come by and ask any questions you have for nutrition uh, or related nutrition or training, please feel free to stop by and um, join in. Let's get to these questions. And I'm just going to go down the list here. <clears throat> some of these questions are going to be kind of like eye rollers and maybe some of you kind of already know the answer here. If you've been following me long enough, you know my answer to this very first one, which is what is the best diet? And the reason why this question, I mean, I think is so relevant is because there are a million different diet or nutrition programs out there. Um, really kind of an overload, in my opinion, of nutrition information from people that maybe have something, a product to sell, whether it's a supplement or a tea or a program, and they are, you know, they're going to be to the drum of a specific diet. And that's great. Um, but the best diet is the one that you can adhere to long term. And I, I think I speak for everyone when I say that when you go on a diet and you're successful in, in, in reaching or accomplishing those goals that you have um, set out for yourself, you want to hang on to them. And to be honest with you, most people do not hang on to the progress they made. In fact, they actually end up losing all the progress that they've made and then some where they're, you know, even gaining more weight or, or weighing more um, after or within, I think it, the research showed it was like within 45 days of the time when their diet ends, um, they end up gaining back the weight and then some they end up in a, a worse spot than they were when they started. And it's my opinion that it's because you know, they've sort of white knuckled it for however long their challenge or or their program, the short term program uh, was intended for. They never really had the time to cement any habits that really allow them to build this 
lifestyle, which in my opinion, that's really what nutrition and fitness or just living a healthy life comes down to is is implementing this into your lifestyle and making sure that this is what you're going to be doing now for the rest of your life. And it may change over time a little bit um, <clears throat> based on various factors that, you know, we're not going to get into today, but let's say, you know, your, your age, number one, you might not be um, training as hard as you used to. So there's calorie adjustments there or just your activity alone, or maybe diet preferences, whatever, right? Like, but the, the foundation upon living a healthy lifestyle, you know, eating a nutrient dense diet, being active, that has to be there forever, no matter how old you are, no matter how your diet preferences may change or eating preferences might change. Those have to be there forever. And they have to be something that you are doing uh, on a daily basis. So the best diet and really the also the best workout program is the one that you can see yourself doing and for the rest of your life, not something that feels like uh, your head spinning on a, you know, and you're just trying to, you know, gr uh, grit your way through whatever this challenge is. Question number two, are carbohydrates bad for you slash do carbs make you fat? Uh, carbs are not bad for you. Um, they're actually your body's preferred source of fuel for workouts, especially uh, all my CrossFitters out there. If you are not eating an adequate amount of pro or carbohydrates, once you actually start eating an adequate amount of carbohydrates, uh, I think you'll start to really feel the difference in your performance. Um, with Insight Nutrition, we have three tracks that we have implemented over time, just sort of, sort of breaking down what the majority of people that come to, to Insight Nutrition are looking for. They fall into three categories. You're either falling into the weight slash fat loss, which is, I would say, the majority of people, uh, you, or you fall into performance. You're trying to improve your ability to perform in competition or sport or lifestyle where that is, in my, where, where I feel like most people want to end up where they don't have to be as rigid with their diet. They can eat... Um, What's the term I'm looking for here? That's super popular right now. That uh, I, the the word escapes me, but they basically are able to. They understand. They've taken the time to weigh and measure and track things where they're able to visualize what the uh, amounts of protein and what you know whatever the protein, carbohydrates, fat, fruits, vegetables, all that stuff. What that looks like on their plate because they spent enough time to really uh, visualize what they need without the scale and grand that might not be super accurate, but you know, they've cemented those habits and they've had enough practice over time where they can intuitive eating. That's what it is that they're able to eat intuitively to not have to, uh, you need a scale. Um, so <clears throat> carbohydrates, no, they do not make you fat. What makes what, what or, or sorry, make you bad or make you fat. Carbohydrates are, Again, they are one of the three macronutrients that uh, we need to at least have an adequate amount of in order for us to function optimally. Moving on to question number three, is it true that eating before going to bed causes you to gain weight? That is not true. Um, 
Now, could you step on the scale the next morning and weigh heavier than you were, you know, the night before you went to bed? Sure. Depending on what you ate, you might be retaining a little more water. Um, if it was a, you know, very carb dense uh, and also very salty uh, food, again, two things that can cause some potential uh, water retention. Uh, if you're a woman, it might just be that time of the month as well, uh, where water retention is going to be a little bit um, not going to be your friend and, and can really cause you to be stressed out, especially if you're not weighing yourself on a daily basis and you don't actually track the weekly average of your body weight, which I strongly suggest if you're going to weigh yourself, weigh yourself every day. Don't just weigh yourself you know, on occasion, because that's going to cause a lot of frustration. So uh, the only thing that causes you to gain weight is being an energy surplus, which we covered in the first episode. Question number four, if I'm counting macros, do remaining calories matter? This is a really good question and is something that I think if you've tracked macros, uh, if, if you're tracking macros and you're using a app like MyFitnessPal, or chron, chron, uh, chronometer, I think it is, or anyways, any one of these apps where you're tracking uh, your macronutrients. <clears throat> and let's say the example is you have a calorie budget of 2,000 calories and you are at 2,000 calories. Do you, and you know, and you're under on your macronutrients, let's say you just, you're just, you're under by... 20 grams of protein, but you've hit your calorie budget for the day. If your goal is to lose weight, I strongly suggest not eating those, those, uh, the remaining calories from protein or your, your remaining grams and protein that you have left. If you hit all, but to answer the question, um, if you hit all three of your macronutrients, which is very difficult to do, but let's say you hit all three of them, you should not have any remaining calories left. So, you know, do remaining calories matter if you've, if, if you're counting macros, they shouldn't if you're hitting all three of them. But if you happen to be hitting your calorie budget and you have macros remaining, then and again, your goal is weight loss or to maintain your weight or even, let's say, gain weight. Like your calories are going to be king because calories are going to be the ultimate indicator in terms of how much energy you've consumed. And if you're consistent with your energy expenditure, then in order for you to actually hit your weight management goal, then you should be focusing on making sure that you're not exceeding your calorie budget. How do you track, sorry for that, my dog is snoring right next to me, so if you hear something that sounds like it's something other than snoring, it's not, my dog, just a big snore. Um, how do you track alcohol, wait, how do you track alcohol if tracking macros? Okay, so if you go to, I have an iPhone, I'm not sure if this is something that is on the um, Android marketplace, but working against gravity has an alcohol calculator that works really nicely. Um, but if you are someone who just wants to do the math in your own head, you can, and the reason why is because if you look, if you, because, uh, if you go and you scan a barcode of on the back of your beer can or whatever, right, it's going to, it might say a hundred calories, but it's going to say like zero protein, zero carbohydrates, zero fat. When you're tracking your macros, 
it can be easier, I guess, to actually distribute those into the macronutrients. It's still going to give you the same amount of calories. So um, some quick math here. And when I say quick, I don't actually mean super quick. But let's say you are tracking, uh, it's 100 calories, um, and you want to, you, you know, you're, you have 100 calories left, I guess. And you want to distribute that into your carbohydrates. You would just take, so the, the amount of calories per gram of carbohydrates. So one gram of carbohydrate equals four calories. So you could just divide that 100 by four and then it's you know distribute that into your into your carbohydrates for the day and your macronutrients and a really simple way to do that on my fitness pal is to literally type in when you're searching for food carbohydrates um, and you'll see carb just carbohydrate listed under a macro and you just click on that and then put in however many you know carbohydrates you want to distribute that into um, or you want to you know put into your your macros for the day. <clears throat> but working as gravity does a really simple job doing that too. I just, I mean, I've been doing it the old school way of just calculating it. So personally, I don't use an app. It's just much easier for me to pop open my calculator on my phone and boom, done. What is an optimal amount of carbohydrates? Fat, what's it? Okay. So what's an optimal break or ratio of carbohydrates? I think, or sorry, macronutrients. I think this question is basically saying, and there is no one size fits all macro break breakdown this is again my opinion and how my coaching style what i do is everyone who starts with with insight nutrition we track or we do food logs for 7 to 14 days i like 14 days just because it 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 is a little lengthy but at the same time if we're going to get in the habit of tracking our macronutrients and our calories and weighing and measuring everything i want to make sure that you can do it for at least 14 days straight that just gets you um, a better idea of whether or not that style of food logging is for you. Um, it's also something that gives me more information, gives me a better indication of maybe what your natural macronutrient breakdown is so that we can sort of, you know, I guess use that as a base and make adjustments dependent on your goals. So I don't personally have a, there, I don't believe there's a, there's a one size fits all macronutrient ratio a lot of it comes down to your current eating preferences. Most people that I work with are typically, like one of the most common um, deficiencies in macronutrients is protein. Like most people just don't get enough protein. Uh, so typically it's like, okay, we're going to probably have to lower your carbohydrates and your fat, depending on if your goal is weight loss and increase your protein so that that's going to help with satiety. So you're not going to, you know, you're not, most people in general, like the American, you know, the average American has a much higher carbohydrate and fat ratio than they do protein. So typically increase your protein, but you know, I think an average, like I think the, the balanced quote unquote balanced, um, my fitness pal breakdown or, or ratio distribution of, of macronutrients is like 30%. What is it? 30% fat, 40% percent carbohydrates 30 percent protein i think i could be wrong but I th it, that's a very balanced approach and i think most people can start there and adjust as you see um, working best for you 
Next question. Can I still eat my favorite foods while on a nutrition program? 100%. Now, can you only eat your favorite foods if your favorite foods are pizza and beer and, and wings? No. I mean, especially if your goal is weight loss. I mean, you have to actually... I mean, and if your goal is simply just to be healthier in general, like you have to eat a, uh, you know, in my opinion, you have to be eating at least 80 to 90% uh, whole foods, or you should be eating 80 to 90% whole foods or very minimally processed foods. And, you know, the rest of that 10 to 20%, sure, throw in your, your, your non-negotiables, your favorites, but Ultimately, if your goal is to get lean, like lean, lean, you can see abs. And I think most people love to see abs. <clears throat> You're really going to be minimizing how much of those heavily processed foods you eat. It's just they're very calorie dense and they're not very filling. So the more you eat uh, whole foods, foods that have you know one ingredient in it and are filling and you don't really have a lot of calories to them, the better off you're going to be. In terms of leanness, uh, the more successful you're going to be with whatever body composition goal you have. If it, you know, because you're just going to be fuller for longer, and you're just putting in higher quality of food to be honest in your body, which is going to reflect over time. Uh, I think our bodies, like how we look, as an indicator, uh, is a really good indicator of like the food we eat. So, again, my opinion. Next question, how do I measure food when I'm eating at a restaurant if I don't have a food scale? You don't. Um, you, who, who really wants to bring a food scale, trial food scale with them to a restaurant? That's crazy. I mean, there's, number one, it's pointless because unless you're standing over the cook's shoulder and you're seeing exactly what ingredients they're putting in your food, you're kind of going to be wasting your time. Again, this kind of falls into the, the last question and my answer there. Your rest, if you're going out to eat every single week at a restaurant and you're ordering food that is not aligned to whatever your nutrition goals are, it's going to be a whole lot harder to actually achieve that goal. And quite honestly, like, you know, unless you're just perfect Monday through Saturday or whatever, if you're perfect 95% of the time, you want that little 5%, that little meal or whatever, eating out fine, you're probably not going to actually have really even like, you know, 90% of the time you're probably not going to have any issues. But when you talk about getting into shredded land where you're, you know, you're very, uh, very lean, um, there aren't a whole lot of very lean people out there uh, that are going out to eat on a consistent basis. Next question. What are the best foods to eat when I'm, or what, what are the best foods to eat when I'm eating at a restaurant? <clears throat> kind of the best foods that you're eating. It's the same, same answer as the, the best foods that you can eat when you're at home. And that makes going out to eat at a restaurant kind of lame, in my opinion. But yeah, look for whole food items. This is something that can make things a little socially awkward. You might get, if you're out to eat with friends, they might give you some shit for it. But yeah, look for, if they have like a grilled chicken breast on their menu, then, you know, or you know any grilled meat, then definitely opt for that. Uh, if they have like, if they have a potato, whether it's a loaded potato option or a sweet potato option, Definitely just ask for that plain and try to get, you know, some, some veggies and no, I don't mean a salad because if you ever go to a restaurant and they have the actual calories next to their food item, you will see oftentimes that those calories on the salad can be higher than the burger and French fries, which is insane. So no, eating a salad out at a restaurant is most likely not the best way to go. Next question. What are some sneaky ways to get in protein that isn't powder or meat? 
Oof. Sneaky ways to get in protein that isn't powder or meat. That's a tough one. I would say yogurt. Yogurt, uh, like Greek yogurt is typically pretty high in protein. Uh, If you look up ratio, uh, that has like 25 grams of protein in the yogurt, which is pretty legit. Um, It's definitely not going to be the best tasting, but uh, it's still pretty good, like better than I actually thought it would be. Cottage cheese is another one, but again, you're looking at if you're getting the standard cottage cheese, there's no like, you know, reduced fat in it or anything like that. Um, you have to be careful. You're not going overboard with that because it can carry a lot of calories in, in, in that. So that, and I mean, I know you said this question said not a powder or meat protein bars, but be careful with those because again, those can also be pretty dense in calories. And quite honestly, it's really hard to find a protein bar that doesn't have a whole lot of ingredients in there. But Again, like if it's a if it's something where it's like you're slammed with meetings all day back to back to back to back to back, and your goal is to hit a certain amount of protein each day that you're struggling to hit, then quite honestly, it's like you know, if you can't do anything about the timing of it, you, no matter how much planning you do, then just you know, like eat a protein bar or you know whatever, it, whatever's going to help keep you from not binging at the end of the day on something that isn't aligned to your nutrition, then do that. Next question. <clears throat> if I had a bad day, do I have do I have to eat less the next day to account for the overages in macros the day before? Sorry, these are like copied and pasted from Facebook. <laughs> so some of these are worded a little differently than I would, and there's nothing wrong with that question. I just if it's not something that I typed out, I may take a second to read it out loud. So Excuse me, I had to get a drink of water. This is a great question. And this is referring to, again, back to the energy balance equation. So if you have a calorie budget, is it better to try to hit that calorie budget on a daily basis? Of course. If your calorie budget, and I'll go back to the 2,000 calories a day, uh, if your calorie budget, your daily calorie budget is 2,000 calories a day, that's going to give you, it's going to, benefit you in a number of ways. Number one, it's going to make things a lot easier at the end of the week uh, to see like, okay, I checked that box. I hit 2000 calories every day. Um, It's going to help you develop the routine, what foods work to help you uh, so that you can actually hit that number on a consistent basis. And uh, it's just going to, again, you're just going to be in a better routine. And I believe that routine is key, especially when you are trying to you know, when you're tracking macronutrients and calories, I mean, it's really important to have routine. Otherwise, it's just going to be very stressful, especially those go to meals are going to be super, super helpful. And it's going to make life a lot easier. Now, that being said, if you're I mean, whatever the weight management goal is, weight loss, weight, you know, maintenance, so saying the same weight, or weight gain, your weekly calorie budget is very, very important. In fact, I would say that's in terms of just achieving your body weight, your, your, sorry, your, your weight management goals, you need to pay attention to that weekly calorie budget more. So, and let's, so the weekly calorie budget, again, if your goal, if your weekly or if your daily budget is 2000 calories a day, your weekly calorie budget is 14,000 calories. And that's something that I explain to my client, or I try to explain to my clients 
all the time. Like, okay, if we're going to shoot for this daily calorie, this is your daily calorie budget. But most importantly, we don't want to exceed this weekly calorie budget goal because that is going to allow us to really gauge what your body weight is doing each week on that average. Are we trending in the direction that we want to be trending in, whether it's to stay, lose, or gain? And in making sure that we're as close to that weekly budget as possible, if not right on the nose, is going to give us the feedback we need in terms of our energy consumption you know, if we're going the right direction, if we have to make adjustments and so forth. <clears throat> now, this is where you can actually, where you can game the system is with that weekly calorie budget as well. So let's say, for example, you have an event this weekend, maybe it's a, or a family gathering, uh, a wedding, maybe your friends are, you're going out with your friends, uh, and you know that you're most likely going to be over consuming calories or you're you're concerned about eating more and maybe you're going to have some you know some drinks all that stuff this is where understanding that weekly budget can be very helpful and a way to ensure that maybe you're not going to exceed that weekly budget or at least give you some wiggle room this is where you can game the system a little bit by reducing your calories throughout the week whether it's a hundred calories a day so if it's 2,000 calories your budget, you're eating 1,900 calories a day and just banking those calories up so that on the weekend you have a little extra wiggle room. Um, you know, I, I that's that can be very helpful. Some people just like to actually fast in the morning, which can be also very helpful in terms of, you know, making sure that you don't exceed that calorie budget. So instead of just reducing throughout the week, especially if you're already really struggling with meeting your calorie budget because you're eating you know very little food already or you're on a pretty steep calorie deficit. Um, you definitely want to make sure that you are um, <clears throat> that you know it, it can be helpful to do the fast in the morning and and just skip a meal altogether. Next question: What if I hate protein shakes? Ooh. All right. Well, if you hate that, I have a lot of questions here. Sorry, guys. We're 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 gonna get through these as quickly as possible. This might not be one of those podcasts you can get through in one car ride. It might be two. So if you hate protein shakes, don't drink them. I think protein shakes. You know that's something that you should be consuming when you're in a pinch, or if you're if you have a very challenging time meeting your protein goals. Now. Protein shakes have come a long way. I've been drinking protein shakes. I've been drinking protein shakes for... No, uh, I've been drinking protein shakes for... I mean, since I was in high school. Um, long story short, I just was... I grew up a, a skinny kid. Um, tried to gain weight. By the way, if you're trying to gain weight, protein is not the one you want to overconsume. Um, but protein shakes, there's like two flavors back in the day. Vanilla and protein. Or sorry, vanilla and chocolate. There are such... There's such a variety of protein shakes uh or shake brands and and flavors out there if you hate protein shakes i would just continue to try to find other ones that taste really good my personal favorite is by Dimatize nutrition the fruity pebbles flavor amazing amazing like for someone who has a pretty bad sweet tooth those things are a a lifesaver. They taste so good. It tastes exactly like the cereal. So give that a shot. 
Next question, do I eat different amounts of macros on rest days versus training days? There are two answers to this question that I'll give. One, um, I prefer consistency. So try to be consistent every day. Now, if you're on a steep cut where you're reducing your calories, you know, pretty significantly, then, uh, you know, on your rest days, you might want to actually, you might not be as hungry as you are in your training days. So you can decrease your calories slightly on rest days and increase your calories on training days, especially if you have a big, like if you know on Wednesdays and Saturdays, you train legs and your leg days are pretty, pretty uh, brutal. Definitely um, probably want to eat a little more, a little more on those days, but um, you know, consistency is king in my opinion, in my opinion. And, and just having those, that routine with your meals is going to pay off in the long run. Next question, what should my macros be? I already answered that question. I don't know why I put that in there. Again, there are there is no one prescription of macronutrients. It's based on food preference, in my opinion. Food food preference and your goal. Is there a limit to how much protein your body can process at once? You know, to is there an optimal amount of protein that you can, you know, like to have? I think Lane Norton, Dr. Lane Norton had did a had done a video on this and I would I would suggest going and checking that out because he does a better job of explaining it than I do, but I believe the number was somewhere between 25 and 35 grams of protein per meal. Now, the caveat to that is if you are eating an insane amount of protein, uh let's say you're eating you know, more than 200 grams of protein a day, you're probably not going to have the luxury of eating 25 to 35 grams of protein in each meal, unless you're eating, you know, five to six meals a day. Uh, and I'm not even sure if that is enough, but let's see, let's say 25. Yeah, not even close, man. You gotta, you gotta eat a lot more than that. Sorry, should be doing this. Yeah, if you did 35 by six meals, but again, who has the luxury of eating six meals a day or who is hungry enough to eat six meals a day? I would say no. Um, definitely, you have to just make do with what you can do. I mean, so, and really, there is, I mean, there have been no studies that have shown or that at least that I've read in terms of the upwards amount of, of protein that have shown to have any detrimental effects. I mean, they've done studies where people were, were consuming more than two times their body weight of protein and there were no, uh, there was no damage done to liver or to your liver or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I would, to answer that question, if you're, if you have to hit a, a really high protein amount and you can't eat six meals a day, five, six meals a day, then I would just focus on, um, what combination of protein and whatever other foods you're eating with your protein, whether it's a starch and a vegetable or uh, just a starch or just a vegetable, try to find the the mix that sits best in your stomach so that you can continue to get in your meals as frequently as needed and not have to force feed. Next question, how about, or how about, wait, let me see, how how do you do a meal plan or eating healthy with your significant other isn't on board and can eat whatever she wants? Well, this is definitely something that I think can make or break someone's nutrition uh, journey 
and that is your environment and your environment might be you know, it might be something where your spouse or your significant other uh, eats a different way than you do or doesn't want to eat healthy quote unquote healthy um, it might just be you you don't know what to you know like you don't have the 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 food in your house to be successful because you have kids that like certain foods and whatnot ultimately I really do believe that it has to come down to you. You have to be the one to take ownership over your nutrition program. Um, I've had clients who don't make their meals and to, they, they typically are never successful. I mean, again, that just comes down to ownership and taking responsibility for your own goals. So you might be eating something different than your significant other. And you know whether it's your significant other or your family or your friend, just always keep in mind that your goal your goals are yours and not anyone else's. And don't expect people to understand what your goals are. Like what matters most to you are what you want to achieve. And it, you, if you have to take, you know, a, a tougher route to get there by eating something differently than the people that are in your household, you know, if your goals matter enough to you, then you'll make it happen. And it is what it is. And eventually it might just take time for that to rub off on the people in your household. Next question. Is there a, I read that one. Next question. I do believe, hold on, is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Um, no, it's not. Sorry, I'm just rereading this to make sure I got the question. I'm just summarizing. So, yeah, basically, is it better to eat a, to skip breakfast and eat a heavy dinner or a late or, skip, or, or early dinner and then a, basically a, the, the question sorry I'm just paraphrasing here this person is asking is there is it better to eat breakfast and or, or skip breakfast and basically eat two dinners again I, I mean I sound like a broken record here but I go back to the energy balance equation if you're not a breakfast person, then don't eat breakfast. You know, eat two dinners if you need to. If you're, you know, you have to consider whatever your calorie budget is and what your, whatever, your energy expenditure versus your energy intake. And what, you know, if you have to skip breakfast because you're not, or if you don't have to eat breakfast in order to actually meet that, meet those needs, then you're going to have to eat that, eat breakfast. Just figure out what is an amount of, or what's something that you can actually consume and not feel um, gross with. Or if it's easier for you, if you're able to hit your your energy intake goals, your calorie goal, calorie budget goal, and that requires you to eat two dinners and you're cool with that, then that's fine. Like no one's telling you you can't do that. Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. Um, again, let's let the goal be the goal. Whatever the goal is, like you have to do whatever it takes to, to hit that goal. Next question. That's kind of the same question. Does the time I eat my meals have an impact? Oh, well, this is kind of my answer. My answer to this, like meal timing is, it's kind of something it's mentioned. I've mentioned this sort of already a number of times. If you are going to work out, don't eat a massive meal before you 30 minutes before you work out. 
you have to do a better job of planning out your day and when you're eating your foods. Um, if you're going to have a bigger meal, really pay attention to how that meal sits in your stomach. And, and you know, if, even if it's something, if it's a heavy, if it's heavy on your stomach and it's even an hour and a half out from your workout and you get to the gym and you're still just like, oh, feel bloated and bogged down, then you might need to switch up the meals that you're eating when it's that close to your workouts. Um, and this is if I'm understanding the question correctly, the, does the time I eat my meals have an impact? Because it can. Yes, it can have an impact on you. Like it can have a negative impact or it can have a really positive impact. Um, I know for all the, the people out there that do their, their super, you know, the super early, early bird classes at 5, 5.15, a.m., you don't probably have the luxury of eating like a really uh, big meal an hour and a half for your workout. So you're looking at something that you can eat within 30 minutes of your workout that can digest quickly and sits well in your stomach. And that's typically something like a shake or, you know, a protein shake mixed with some dextrose powder that gives you some protein, some fast acting protein and carbohydrates. Um, but yes, it can have a positive impact in your performance or it can have a negative impact in your performance based on how it's sitting in your stomach and how soon you're, you're eating, you know, uh, to your workout and really just discovering what meals, uh, digest well for you. How do I, next question, how do I figure out my caloric intake or how should I, how do I figure out what my caloric intake should be for weight loss, weight maintenance or gaining? <clears throat> so you could go to, you could Google calorie calculator and it's going to ask you to put in the same thing that I put in for my clients which is you know a, a number of questions. Typically, it's what's your age, what is your height, what is your activity level, and how many days do you work out in the gym? <clears throat> so age, weight, height, activity level, and what type of exercise do you do and how frequently you do it is probably a better description. Now, this is where it can be misleading and cause a lot of people some frustration it's going to shoot out a number based on what the calculation or where you should be, depending on your goal. It's going to calculate everything based off of your, um, your mate, what your maintenance level of calories should be. Now here's the part where it gets tricky. So let's say you have been consuming, um, an amount of calories that's significantly under your maintenance level of calories or what they should be based on these calculations, which are not hundred percent accurate. And this is why. So going back to the 2000 calorie uh, a day, let's say 2000 calories a day <clears throat> is the amount of calories that you can consume and maintain your body weight. If you've been consuming only 1,200 calories a day and you're exercising five to six times a week and your job requires you to be on your feet all the time and you know, you've been eating this, you've only been consuming this amount of energy for so long uh, for, you know, let's say years, right? If this calculator tells you to eat 2,000 calories a day in order for you to maintain your weight 
that's going to be a significant increase in calories. So you could be starting to, let's say your goal is just to, um, let's say your, your goal is to uh, maintain your body weight right now, right? Like you just want to start off on a maintenance phase, which I believe everyone should do is start off on a maintenance phase. When you start eating 2000 calories a day, you might slowly be increasing your body weight and get really confused as to why you're gaining weight when this calculation told you that your maintenance level of calories, the amount of calories that you need to consume in order to maintain your body weight, why am I gain, why am I gaining weight on a maintenance level of calorie intake? Well, because you have been consuming only 1200 calories a day for so long that your body has metabolically adapted to that being your new maintenance level of calories. So if you've been maintaining your body weight this whole time and you've been only eating consuming 1200 calories, when you start consuming more, a significant amount more, which, you know, 800 calories a day is a significant amount more. And, you know, the rough estimate of 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat, you're going to be gaining weight. It, you know, it's not 100% accurate that 3,500 calories is one pound of fat, but it is a pretty accurate or a pretty, a, a pretty good rough estimate. It, it's around there that if you're eating, in, if you're eating um, in excess of 3,500 calories a week, then you are most likely going to gain at least a pound of fat and 800 calories in uh, surplus of what you were at at 1200 calories is much higher than 3500 calories so you're going to be gaining weight at that amount of 2000 calories so be careful with the calculators they give you an indication of what you should be at based off of their their calculations that they use based on the things that, I've t- that I mentioned. The best thing that you can do is track where you're at first for at least seven days, track everything you eat, and the only variable that should change is, okay, so let's say you're, you find out you're at 1,200 calories, this calculator is telling you you need to be at 2,000 calories to maintain your weight, you need to gradually incline or increase your calories. Very slowly increase your calories between 50 to 150 calories a week. So week one, let's say you're at 2,100 calories and you weigh yourself every day and you are not gaining any weight. That's a good thing. And then week two, you increase it again and you continue to do that all the way until you get to your maintenance level of calories. From there, you can I would suggest probably stay at maintenance for a period of time. And then if you want to do weight loss, then you start cutting back on the calories slowly. But I think the rule of thumb is that most nutrition services will tell you is you should be at a maintenance level for at least six months, especially if you've been dieting for an uh, an extended period of time or you've metabolically adapted to a maintenance level of calories that is significantly lower than what it should be based again on those calculations. So that's a long answer, um, but I want to make sure that you know it's something that's clear because those calorie calculators can really cause some frustration based on what it is or where you're where you think you or where the calculations think where you're at or think you should be at. Um, it's not necessarily where you should be at. In most cases, it's actually much higher. 
<clears throat> most people actually don't eat, or I should say most people, because we have, uh, we have a lot of people that are obese in our country. I mean, I think the majority of the population is obese. Um, if, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're, um, you know, you're, you're, you should be, if you're someone who is obese, that you should be going immediately to a weight loss phase on your, on your calorie calculator because, you know, it might be, uh, it might not actually be in a calorie deficit. Or again, if you're trying to maintain your weight uh, and you're significantly low, you need to build up to that maintenance level so that you can do it or do your weight loss at a, at a set point that is not going to be uh, miserable. Next question. Do I need to track my calories or macros to lose weight? This is a tough question. Do I think that you're going to have more success or you're going you're gonna to have a much more accurate uh, assessment of what your energy balance is by tracking your calories uh, and or macros if you're trying to lose weight? Yes. Is it 100% necessary? No. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I think most people understand or already know what they need to do, what they need to do to lose weight, and that is by eating or you know making healthier choices every single day with their nutrition and just being more active. Uh, I think you know there are we have again our lifestyle track which does not have you tracking your calories or your macros. My program we focus on things that are uh, much more intuitive, but I don't suggest anyone does uh, the intuitive eating until they actually have an understanding of calories and macros and how they play a part in whatever your weight management goals are. Next question, what is more important, calories or macros? Uh, <laughs> I think I already answered this question. And uh, But I'll just quickly go back to that. Calories are king in terms of weight management. Um, ideally, macros macros are going to have much more to play with body composition um, for the most part. Like you can't just fill, you, you are not going to meet all your, your macronutrient needs by just eating Pop-Tarts and Oreo cookies and ice cream. Uh, you need to actually mix in some, uh, you do, if you're, if you're trying to hit a macro uh, goal or macros, all three goals, then you are, you are going to, if you're going to be successful with it, you are going to actually need to eat more nutrient dense foods, things that are mainly carbohydrates, things that are mainly fat things that are mainly protein. And typically, those highly processed foods are high in fat and carbohydrates. That's why they get you, how they get you to eat uh, an abundance of those calorie-dense, highly processed foods because they taste so good. Next question, what are five foods that I should be eating every week that are quick and easy to make? I would be more interested in five specific foods, not meals, that you think I could eat two to three times a week for three months that would make a huge difference in getting lean? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Five specific foods. I don't think I have five specific foods. I have three specific, um, I would say just stick to, stick to, let's say, let's go to the macronutrients. Your protein should be, the label should read the meat that it is, right? Like if you're, if you're going to have beef, it should literally say the, the only ingredient on there should be beef. So find a protein that you can eat, I guess, two to three times a week for three months, like you said. Um, I, would, I like mixing in two to three different types just so we're not getting sick of the same things. But if you're someone who doesn't get sick of the same thing, then find the meat you like most. And that's easy to digest, chew up and digest. Um, 
Next would be your carbohydrate. I would look at something that, again, you don't mind eating consistently two to three times a week for, which I don't, two to three times a week. Yeah, that's a weird question. Um, two to three times a week or say two or three times a day, make sure it's a carb that you don't mind eating that often that um, you won't get sick of. Maybe a couple of them. So like rice and potatoes. Uh, fruit, that would be another one. So vegetables, also carbohydrates. Fats, you know, if you're eating a fattier cut of meat, you probably don't need to add any fat to your nutrition, but look for, again, we're looking at single ingredient items, item, items here. So looking at nuts, um, like avocado, that's going to have some fat to it, and like uh, avocado oil or an av- olive oil. Again, whole foods, that's what we're looking for, especially in making a quote-unquote huge difference in getting lean. This is a long question, the next one here, so hang with me. Um, I've been using MyFitnessPal to track my nutrition macros. I'm using the standard 40, 40, 20 percentages for a given day. What I've, From what I've heard, it's really important for me to make sure I get an adequate amount of protein each day, about 190 grams. Sometimes this is a pretty difficult. This is pretty difficult to do, and also stay compliance, stay in compliance with the carb and fat limits. I have been going with prioritizing protein first for the day, then total calories, then fat and carbs are the lowest priority. I'm usually, or I'm, I usually am so focused on the top three, I don't pay much attention to. To it, any thoughts on this approach and prioritizing? I know in an ideal world, I could plan better to hit all three targets. I, I sound like a broken record here. But um, the percentages, I go on eating preference. Like some people just do better with higher carbs and lower fats. Some people do better with fat, higher fat and lower carbs. And some people do better with a very um, balanced split. It comes down to the things that you like to eat. And again, if we're maximizing nutrient density here and we're eating mainly um, minimally processed or single ingredient foods, it makes it a whole lot easier because you don't have a whole lot of combo items there. And that's one of the problems with some of the other diet programs. You have combo items there and it makes it really hard to choose what foods to eat when it comes to transitioning to tracking your macros with MyFitnessPal or any other platform you use. You know, if you're going to, I'm just going to give the most boring example here of a meal but if you're eating chicken breast and rice and let's say almonds you have a protein that is almost 100% protein a carbohydrate that is almost 100% carbohydrates and fats which you know almonds have higher protein so maybe a better uh, example would be cashews cashews are typically are mostly um Fat, so that makes meeting your your needs uh, a, a lot easier. <clears throat> now, 190 grams a day is pretty is a pretty high goal. Uh, so yeah, you're probably going to have to try and hit or at least balance out the 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 protein throughout your day. But if you feel like you can eat a larger amount of protein in the morning, then do that. Um, but I mean. It is, it's definitely important to get an adequate amount of protein each day. 
you know, what an adequate amount is kind of dependent on the individual. And I, protein is the hardest thing to hit, especially in a higher number, just because of how filling it is to eat it. But in terms of um, like, should you be focusing on all three or should you be focusing on one? Uh, in my experience, not just with my own nutrition, but with clients as well, when you're focusing on your protein and your calorie goal, those two actually have a have a really they have a much uh, more significant impact on the people I've worked with because it's much easier to track those two. Um, and when you're aligned, you're not you know you're consistent with your protein and your calorie budget. Um, I've had plenty of clients who have surpassed what their expectations were that they were going to achieve in body composition. In terms of your fat and your carbohydrate breakdown. Um, where that can be helpful is with nutrient timing, especially with, you know, if you're really trying to maximize your workouts, but that's really the kind of the top of the pyramid. Nutrient timing and, and, and supplements are, are the things that we don't really, uh, most people don't ever get to that. It's protein and car uh, calories. Those two items really do have uh, a much more significant impact than trying to track all three where things get much more complicated and to be quite honest with you, lead to more frustration than necessary. Last question on the list, healthy versus unhealthy fat consumption. In my fitness pal, I'm giving, given a daily limit for fat. However, there does not seem to be a method of classify or to classify healthy fats. For example, avocado, cashews over unhealthy dairy fats. What is your take on these two types of fat when measuring towards the daily limit? Oh, that's a good question. And I feel like I've answered this over and over again. I don't really have a take on these two types of fats. Uh, I actually don't, unless you have a dairy intolerance, then definitely don't eat dairy. Um, but, you know, cheeses, you know, hard cheese if you're eating like a legit hard cheese, you're not just eating, you know, like craft singles, then dairy isn't going to, and it doesn't have any issue with, you don't have any issues with it. Like I said, uh, dairy intolerance, uh, then I would, I wouldn't even pay any attention. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, obviously we want to, again, going back to the single ingredient, minimally processed foods like that is going to be key. If you're struggling with fat consumption, then maybe look at, you know, switching your cashews to an almond or, you know, using cheeses that are more one-to-one -one protein to fat ratio. Those are typically going to be the cheeses that are harder, like physically harder. Um, so that's, I think, I, yeah, I'm not sure if that's, and again, given a daily limit, that's kind of based off of the, what my fitness pal is telling you your daily limit is. And it doesn't know you personally. It's just giving you a ratio that might work. And again, that's where having a coach that can help you really mold your nutrition plan to fit your preferences and your style of eating can be a much bigger help. All right. Wow. That was a long one. This is much longer than I anticipated it going. Uh, but... We're going to end it here. Um, yes, that's all the questions that I, that I went that I had uh, today. If you have questions, feel free to reach out. Um, you can email them. You can send an email to info at theinsightnutrition.com. If you want to grab a sweatshirt before the order goes out tomorrow, I will put the link 
to order your sweatshirt in the show descriptions. And again, if you're in town this weekend in the Iowa Great Lakes area, I will be at uh, Yoga Okaboji. And that will be from 9 until 10.30 doing a nutrition seminar. Uh, new seminar starts at 10, but I'll be greeting people at 9. So we will talk to you in the next one. Thanks for listening.